Hotter Than Health, episode 67. My name is Eliza Gelman. I am the host. I am the creator of Hotter Than Health. And you can also follow me on Instagram at Eliza G underscore fitness if you don't already. But this is a podcast focusing on fitness, nutrition, health, overall healthy lifestyles, and of course, your morning conference call, which we're definitely going to get into today. And I say that every podcast, but I definitely mean it today. Anyways, so today I'm really excited about this podcast. I know we were supposed to have on this amazing sex guru therapist. We will have one, but the girl that I tried to uh, get on the podcast still go follow her, Megan Lambert. She's amazing. But um, yeah, she lives in Bali and that small detail slipped my mind. And while I was scheduling with her, I thought I scheduled for 11 a.m. and it was 11 p.m. and I had woken up at three that morning and I just, I, I couldn't do it. And I was making a sacrifice for my physical health. So I I didn't get her on there, but we're going to have some cool new interviews coming up this month. So bear with me, be patient, and we're going to get some awesome content out there. And same as I do every podcast, I keep saying we. It's just me. George is in the background. Howard's not here today, but whatever. We're all here. Um, Just me, myself, and I, and George. All right, so today's podcast is going to be talking about upcoming health trends, what I have observed, what I've found, what I think you're going to see a lot more of, and what you should get behind before it starts to get super trendy and people start pushing all these different supplements on you and before, um, you know, the same fads that happen all the time and then everyone comes out with a new brand, everyone thinks they're super inventive, which they are, like that's great, but um, yeah, making sure that we are just getting the foundation of some of these top benefits, some of these top trends, they're trends for a reason because clearly there's been uh, some benefit from them and people have taken the time, uh, found enough importance in them and relevance in them in our day-to-day lives that they're now trending. So. We're going to talk a little bit about that today, but before we do, make sure that if you have not already subscribed to the podcast, do so now. It is so helpful. You guys have no idea. Just listening to the podcast is great, but the best way without asking for money, without sponsorships, anything like that, I want to do no ads for as long as I can, but... um, one of the best ways to share the podcast and to make sure that this grows is just to take a screenshot of wherever you're listening to it now, tag my Instagram, or um, just talk about Hotter Than Health. Let people know that you're listening to it. Let them know how it's been benefiting you. Uh, If you want to write a review, it takes less than 30 seconds. And um, I know I say that every podcast, I need to go on and really review other podcasts more because I know how valuable it is, but I don't do it enough. So it's like saying, you know, you know what to eat, you know how to work out, but you just don't do it. It's, it's like that. So, um, I'm going to make it a point to rate and review a couple other podcasts, but either way, it is so incredibly helpful. Like, share, comment, subscribe, screenshot, email it out. If you're not a social media person and follow on Facebook, it's the Eliza G hotter than health podcast. You guys can find it there where we're always updating content. All right. So today we're going to get started with some of this information. I think you guys are going to really like it. It has to do with fitness, protein, prebiotics, different supplements, some things that you guys already knew the benefits of, but we'll get a little deeper in there. And then we're going to end it. I used to end every podcast with one measurable takeaway, one tip, and then kind of one more meaningful life, uh, not esoteric, but more existential type of quote or takeaway that you guys can apply in your day-to-day life that isn't just about um, 
physical health, but maybe mental, emotional, that type of thing. So uh, we're going to get into it. The first, as I was doing research on this, and I I feel like I do this research all the time, but I wanted it specifically for this episode uh, just to get a more clear understanding because I feel like if I research it all the time, I don't necessarily know what what is new. I kind of just am seeing what's out there, always looking up benefits of certain things that I hear about, but I wanted to get specific. So I was just doing some research on top 2020 health trends, what they're predicting and what we're going to be seeing more of, which I'm sure like I've seen a lot of these things. So if you're not constantly looking online or listening or doing your own research, then some of these things might be new for you. So I think that this will be really beneficial uh, just to get ahead of. One thing, and I know we've talked about this a lot, one of the top health trends, and this is coming from uh, US News, NATAC, and a couple of other sources. It's been cited in a number of different sources, and I'll put them in the show notes, but um, sleep support. So not just melatonin or NyQuil or ZQuil, things like that. So sleep support is going to be, uh, I think that people are going to really start to understand and appreciate the value of a good night's sleep. And that doesn't just mean, you know, getting a full eight hours of laying down with your eyes closed. It means high quality sleep, preparing for that high quality sleep and being able to track it um, potentially through another trend, which is wearable technology. We'll talk about that in a second, but we're talking about sleep support. So Uh, I wrote down a number of supplements and a number of different ways to really get in tune with a good sleep cycle. I know that a lot of our listeners are, uh, a lot of our listeners are moms. A lot of our listeners actually are uh, on night shifts a lot as nurses, which you guys are amazing. But I do know that there are significant uh, health concerns related to having night shift works, which disrupts the circadian rhythm, which can definitely disrupt hormone balances and release. So um, I actually just did an Instagram post on this last night with Uh, some benefits and some uh, negative side effects of not having your circadian rhythm or your internal clock in line with the sun and the moon and all that shit. So, um, God, stop saying, um, stop saying, um, nobody thinks that you sound cool when you say, um, okay, taking it out now. Oh, I almost said it again. Sleep support. A couple of different supplements that just off the bat I know of that have actually helped me. I've been doing at night, I've been doing a shot of apple cider vinegar with magnesium. So the apple cider vinegar, you can do it before a meal to help uh, add a little bit of acidity, especially if you're having digestive issues. And I used to take it before my meals just to help curb my cravings a little bit and help settle my blood sugar levels. If I knew that I hadn't eaten all day and I knew I was just about to binge, I would do a shot of apple cider vinegar, chug water with it, room temperature, wait about 10 minutes and then have food. But you can do this after a meal and it helps me get rid of whatever cravings I have after a meal. If I know calorically, um, if I know calorically that I've met my needs for the day. My body is satisfied, but I know that maybe, maybe I haven't had good sleep and I'm craving more sugar than normal or more carbohydrates. Then I'll have a shot of apple cider vinegar to kind of quell those. And I know it's a temporary fix, but it does help me, especially if I know like there's a sweet nut butter in the refrigerator or in the pantry, or like I have chocolate in the freezer. If I know that that's in there, then I'm going to want it. So I'll do a little shot of apple cider vinegar, but I will add in a magnesium liquid supplement 
I'll be I'll be honest with you. This it tastes like ass. It's awful. It it is it tastes wrong. Um, I took this magnesium supplement for the first time last week with my roommates and I had taken a couple of magnesium supplements before, but they were always in pill form. So I never noticed, but I wanted one in a dropper with, um, this one is a ionic magnesium supplement. I just got it at whole foods. Wow, guys. Wow. I have never tasted anything so terrible. I'm not kidding. I had to look at it. I had to look it up. I had to really do my research because I was like, do I need to go make myself throw up right now? Because I just ate poison. It tastes like rat poison. If you have never tried rat poison, which please don't because it's, it's not edible. If you picture what rat poison would taste like, it's magnesium in the liquid form. Um, so I highly recommend doing your research and finding one that doesn't taste like absolute nutsack. This one tastes uh, like pool cleaner mixed with salt water mixed with rat poison. So use your imagination, put those things together. But when I put it in the apple cider vinegar, it's amazing. So I will take that about an hour before bedtime because naturally in the mornings when you wake up with the sun, you want your cortisol levels to rise. You want your uh, stress hormones to start to rise. That's just fight or flight. That's a natural way for your body to be. And then um, about 12 hours later, that's when your uh, cortisol levels start to lower. Your stress hormones are at their lowest. And then other hormones like melatonin, like um, your testosterone, human growth hormone, that's when it start, those hormones start to rise a little bit, which is why it's so important to get a good night's sleep to allow those really important hormones to do their job. But magnesium is one thing that will aid in some of those hormone releases. And it will also aid in bringing down your cortisol levels so that you can have a, a better, more solid night's sleep. Um, I know that there's been some research done saying that if you have any sleep issues, 99% of the time you have a magnesium deficiency. And I will also tell you that it will probably make you go to the bathroom the first time or two that you take it. So just be aware of that. You're not going crazy. It's not like explosive splatter paint diarrhea. You're fine. It feels like a normal movement conference call, but um, yeah, it'll definitely trigger some stuff. So magnesium is one L-thionine, which is a uh, essential amino acid, which a lot of people are low in. It can definitely help in um, help in solidifying a sleep cycle. There are also, um, lots of trends happening within the sleep supplement community. I think they've had an increase of like 30% in sleep supplements and natural sleep supplements since 2018, which is crazy. So things like melatonin, things like magnesium, L-thionine, um, those are all supplements that can aid in sleep cycles. So that's really great. But going back to sleep support, it's not just about the supplements that you're taking. It's also about how you're leading up to how you go to bed. Um, I know that a lot of people say that they want to work on their nighttime routine. I was just talking to my sister. She was saying how she wants to work on her nighttime routine a little bit more. And she already has an amazing one, but she's one of those people that's like, if it's amazing, why not make it even more amazing? Um, if you're already feeling great, why stop there? It's not just, there's no, there's no destination to feeling good, but if you are already feeling good, why not just, why not try and feel better? You know, once you feel really good, why wouldn't you want to keep that feeling and amplify it in whatever way possible? So some different ways, and I posted about this on my Instagram. You can check out my latest post. It's, um, 
it was just from yesterday. It is the 9th. It's from the 8th. Anyways, it's my most recent post on Instagram. Y'all can check it out. Uh, we're going to kind of go over some of those things now. One thing that I would highly recommend doing, I try and do this every night around 7.30, which people think I'm crazy for going to bed that early, but if you have to wake up at three, you got to do what you got to do. I, I either end up reading or on the phone or doing something that I probably shouldn't be doing um, about an hour before. And then we will, sorry about that. My roommate walked in and we chatted for a little bit and we let George out and you guys don't even know. But anyways, so I know that was a little non-linear. Where were we? Where were we? Where were we? Totally in the middle of my thought. Oh, okay. So about an hour, an hour and a half before bed, I try and do it earlier. You can do this anytime, but typically I just do this when I'm trying to avoid uh, any type of stimulation, but I know I'm realistically still going to be on my phone. This is an amazing hack. Most people don't know you can do this and don't ask me how to do it. You can just Google it because I'm, I'm not tech girl. I don't, I don't understand. Someone else did it for me, but I know it's life-changing. So what you can do is if you have an iPhone is, and just look up the directions, but you can add into your settings that if you double triple tap on your home screen button or I, I mean I'm still living in the 18th century and I have like a little I can still hit the button on the bottom of my screen but I hit the bottom button three times and it shifts my screen into black and white so it's a non-stimulating light it takes away the blue light it takes away the uh it takes away the fluorescence it takes away the color so my screen is just black and white which in turn makes Instagram less appealing because you're not seeing all the drastic contrast of colors. It makes your eye, it doesn't, your eyes are not naturally drawn to black and white and gray as much as it is to, you know, reds, blues, greens, different hues like that. It's a really great way to trick your mind into kind of realizing that you actually are mostly just on your phone as a cop-out addiction and a habit. Um, your eyes are really stimulated, so obviously you're going to be attracted to it. You might still grab your phone the same amount, but you your eyes will not be on your screen for as long. So just type in on Google how to shift your screen to black and white on an iPhone, and I highly recommend it. You can do it right now. Um, I don't do it during the day because I use my phone often for music and for classes and for consultations, whatever, but I definitely do it around 7.30 at night. Even if I'm still on my phone, even if I know I don't have to go to bed at any certain time, if I don't have to wake up at three in the morning, like I'll still do it. It's just a great habit to be into. So changing your screen settings to black and white for the last few hours before you go to bed, definitely a game changer. Um, what I've also been doing is trying to read at least one page. And I I love to read, but y'all, I'm slow. I, I, I'm brilliant and I find that my brain is huge but I am a slow reader so um what I also found and this will be a fun little tip for you guys is that if you are reading something and you might have heard this before when people say oh I have to read that over again I don't remember what it said or I have to read that over again I don't quite get it or oh my god I zoned out and I have to read it over again I have to read the same page five times. No. So if you are one of those people like I am and you kind of get AD, ADD while you're reading, you 
think you have to read a sentence back again. They actually say research has shown that if you're reading something that's kind of fictional or just for entertainment and to zone out, you can zone out and then pick back up where you left off and not reread it again. It's actually a really good exercise for your mind, uh, creativity wise, imagination wise. It's kind of uh, pulling on your brain elasticity a little bit by, or plasticity a little bit by changing and making it flex different muscles by using your imagination a little bit, which is something that we don't do often enough. So if you're one of those people that thinks you have to reread everything a hundred times, try not to do it and try just to read forward uh, the way that you naturally would. It is okay. It is natural for your mind to go off into different places. That's a tangent. If you are not much of a reader, then I highly recommend writing something. And even if it's just brain vomit for a second. So writing things, putting eyes and pen to paper, not an iPad, not a tablet, not a notepad on your phone, unless maybe you're on the screen time with a black and white light, but trying to write maybe just one paragraph, write three sentences. The uh, calmness that your mind and your eyes head will experience by just putting your eyes to paper as opposed to what it's used to having on a screen or like a bright wall or a bright light, it will truly, uh, it calms your brain down. So reading at least one page per night right now, I'm reading a book called I Love Dick. And a lot of people think that that's funny, but it's also just the name of the man that it's about. So it's called I Love Dick. It's really funny. It's, um, it's more of like an artful book. I just read it for fun. I think it's really important to have some books out there that you read for fun. Then I'm also reading one book. There's this guy that I've been following his meditations for a couple months now. His name is Joe Dispenza. And if you know Ellie Richter in Charleston, I went to see her one time and she recommended this, uh, this man, Joe Dispenza, his meditations. I just bought his book. I bought it for a friend of mine, Patrick, as well. It was his birthday. Um, so it's not just a book on meditation. It's more existential. It's a little more spiritual, but it also just helps you l- learn more about living in your highest being and it's not a science-based book but it really it speaks to my heart and it speaks to the way that I want to live so highly recommend it it's called Becoming Supernatural by Joe Dispenza check it out so reading one page at night is really huge how many tangents could I get off on one episode I'm just wondering if you're counting then um, let me know by the end Another thing that I recommend doing before you go to bed is what's called abiyanga. It's self-massage. So I told you guys a couple of uh, a couple of episodes ago that I've been using sesame oil as my moisturizer. So I'll use a couple handfuls of sesame oil after I get out of the shower at night, which is a warm experience. Um, I kind of just lube up my body with sesame oil and it's amazing. It really does give you, it it kind of roots you down back to your human instincts and your human nature of what humans really crave and love is human touch. And even if you touch yourself, Joe, um, just rub down your arms, rub down your chest, stomach, legs, butt, back, all with some type of oil. I like to use sesame as a warming oil. If you find that you're naturally a really hot being, then you could use things like coconut oil. That would be great. So however you feel, or, or just lotion, whatever you want to use, baby oil, it doesn't matter to me. But uh, a little self-massage is a really great way to reconnect, reground. You'll find yourself feeling a little like heavier, but uh, slower, deeper, the way that you would want to feel, kind of like a hibernating bear. You know, they like fill themselves up before they sleep for 12 months, whatever. But 
Yeah, a little bit of Abiyanga self-massage before you get into your pajamas at night, and also no overhead lighting. Uh, having overhead lighting is definitely a stimulant. It's not great for uh, it's not great for your eyes. It doesn't help calm you down. So having some things like just lamps on, uh, putting a little night light in your wall is really fantastic think of it like you want it to be like a baby's room you want it to be calm when you put a baby to bed you don't have all the lights on you don't have overhead lights spinning like crazy flashing disco balls you've got a little night light you've got calming music treat yourself like a baby get back to your natural instincts have a cold room have a little night light going on and then before you go to bed turn it off i have a little pink himalayan sea salt night light by my bed it's amazing and it kind of gives off this pink orange light at night which really does calm things down it makes you kind of feel like you're in a spa that is one thing that i highly recommend to do before bed um so there's the magnesium supplement that i talked about which is great for helping regulate your sleep cycle and help um evening out that uh, any magnesium deficiency that you have in your body. There's the L-thionine. There are other supplements, of course, but again, not having caffeine much before bed, at least six, 12 hours if you can. Then uh, having the black and white screen on your phone, reading one page or writing one page. And you guys, it might seem like a lot, but all of this maybe takes 10, 15 minutes. So don't get overwhelmed. It's okay. And if, if you're not on a nighttime routine at all, just try adding one of these things at a time, okay? The next trend that I have been seeing a lot of is something called Moringa powder, and I've heard this before. Um, it's been around forever, but you know how these supplements will come in. Last year, it was all about maca powder. I think that's gonna be a thing this year as well, but this, this year, we're gonna be really looking at a lot of things that are incorporating Moringa powder. So if you look at it, it just looks like a green tea powder. It kind of looks like matcha, similar taste. It's got a bitter, spinachy, earthy green flavor to it. It's a superfood. It's green. It's got a ton of iron. It's got a ton of antioxidants. I know that if you're in Charleston, you can probably find it on the menu already and probably find it in supplements at Curiali. You could probably go to Eucalyptus, other wellness places within the Charleston, Mount Pleasant area. Otherwise, it really is in most health food stores. If you're in Charlotte, I bet you anything they have it at places like Berry Brook Farm. I bet they have it at um, Luna's Living Kitchen. Basically what it does, it, it adds in a lot of different anti-aging, uh, free radical fighting, antioxidant rich, uh, basically like youth generating support. Um, it adds a little bit of uh, caffeine, not caffeine. It adds a little bit of basically just perk to whatever you're drinking. So if you're drinking a green smoothie, um, it's super rich in antioxidants. It's got this nice green earthy flavor, nice green earthy look to it. I think that they're going to start making Moringa lattes. I can see that on the books. I can see them making little uh, energy balls out of them. Maybe that's something that I will try, but definitely smoothies, definitely lattes. I can see them making Moringa tablets so that you can just ingest them as a high source of antioxidant. If you're not, you know, eating a ton of fruit, if you're not eating a ton of vegetables or a lot of uh, chia seeds, things like that, I can definitely see Moringa. So if you are uh, interested in 
trying out new supplements, adding in new wellness products to your rotation, then Moringa powder would be a great one to start with. But make sure that when you find one, it doesn't come all tainted. Do your research beforehand. I don't have any brands to recommend, but uh, I definitely recommend seeing the other ingredients in it. Make sure that it's a high quality Moringa powder coming from the Moringa plant, an organic Moringa plant. Um, Seeing where it came from, seeing if it's sustainably farmed, seeing if it comes in a plastic capsule or a veggie capsule, seeing if it comes uh, with any types of sugars added to it, but you want the purest form as possible. But especially if you suffer from low iron, I know that a lot of people, I actually have a few people in my family who suffer with hemochromatosis, which is a buildup of iron in your blood, and they can't have any type of heme iron. Well, they can, they just have to get their blood drawn every, or they have to give blood, donate blood, like a whole liter. Uh, Every six weeks is the recommended amount, I think. But if you do suffer with hemochromatosis, any type of iron buildup in your body, then um, any type of detoxification, this is really great so that you can still get your iron support, but without having um, heme iron, which is just iron that comes from animal products. So um, like meats and things like that. Next thing that we're going to be looking at is, and I'm just going to touch on this quickly, it's just wearable technology. If you have an active lifestyle, then it's always nice to see how many steps you're getting in per day, how many calories you're naturally burning, how many active calories you're burning, which is basically calories on top of the amount that you're just burning by digesting and blinking and breathing and living. Um, I think it's really interesting. I kind of want to get just like an old Fitbit, see what I'm doing just because I want to track my sleep cycle because I really would love to get back to how I was sleeping heavily before uh, the past few months. Honestly, the past few months, I just haven't been sleeping well, which is not ideal. Um, I think I've been holding on to some more belly fat because of that. And that's just my observation. So probably looking at things like wearable technology that you can see and track your fitness, you can track your sleep, you can track your overall goals. If you do not have an active lifestyle, and and here's what I mean by that. There are a lot of people that go to the gym and bust their hump for an hour, you know, 55, 50 minutes. I know a lot of people that go to my gym, Hilo, and it will change your body. The workout is incredible. But if you're not incorporating movement into your day-to-day life and you're just coming home, you're sitting down and you're not incorporating extra movement, even if it's just standing up, sitting down, standing up, sitting down, using the stairs instead of the elevator, um, parking a little farther away from work so that you get in those extra 50 steps, those things really add up. So I think that having things like a Fitbit is really advantageous just to really start to make it more, put it on your radar that you might not be moving as much as you think. Just because you sweat for an hour a day doesn't actually mean that you are expending the amount of energy that you should be per day. And if you're suffering, suffering with, um, suffering with sleep or energy or hormone balance, and you're looking for a little more longevity, doing some things like light walking every single day, adding in, excuse me, burp, adding in your steps, that's gonna change the game for you. That's another way to add years to your life. It's a way to not just like shed fat and burn calories and move your body, but it's a great way to help you with sleep, which helps with longevity and cell repair. It, it, all of these things, the reason why these these things are on the trend list is because they truly do add, they add years to your fucking life. So um, I think that if you already have a Fitbit or you have a put a pedometer on your smartphone and you like to utilize that, take a look at it, aim for anywhere between 12 to 17,000 steps per day. I probably get 
I'm not even going to say what I think I get because I think I get a lot because my whole job is moving around. But make sure that if you are not getting much movement in your day other than just a workout or just not even a workout, try and add in a Fitbit. See how um, see how that really affects your see how that affects your day to day and um, helps you set little goals for yourself. One other thing, and I just want to toot my own horn because I started doing this years ago, probably four years ago while I was living in Arizona. As soon as I started lifting, I was like, oh, protein hulk out, bitches. And I would want to get in as much protein as possible. So I would put my chocolate protein powder, my vegan chocolate protein powder in my coffee in the morning and blend it up. And it was awesome. It was so good. It would fill me up. Um, now I'll do, if I ever do protein in my coffee, which yes, I still do. I have just a, um, unflavored right now. I have an unflavored pea protein. Don't ask me where it's from. I'm not sponsoring it. It's just something that I picked up because I ran out and I got it really quick and it's a blend. It's a pea and a, I think it's a brown rice and pea protein. So it's a complete protein. You have all your essential amino acids. Don't tell me I'm not getting them. Um, but I really liked it. I put it in my coffee a couple of times with a little bit of honey, a little bit of cacao. So it does have that sweeter chocolatey flavor. Um, I will also do it with a little bit of coconut oil sometimes. So adding that protein and the fat, even though it's not technically proper food combined, adding the protein and the fat to my coffee, it will slow down the absorption of caffeine. So I'm not completely like jitterballs the whole day. So I'll drink a big coffee. Um, if I do a big coffee, like I did this morning, I'll do a little bit of my coconut creamer. I'll do my coffee. I'll add some hot water to it. And then I'll add a little bit of protein powder and use my little either a spoon or a frother to mix it all up. And it just makes it like a thick latte, a thick creamy coffee. It's really great, especially if you have a protein powder with a good flavor that you like. And that's really just if you're trying to supplement in some more protein. I know that this week I've been, um, you know, having good workouts, getting my ass handed to me. So I've just been upping my protein slightly, but if you're not working out a ton, don't worry about that. But protein in your coffee, you're going to see a lot more of that. I'm sure of it. It's already just like a protein shake and you add a shot of espresso, but they're just going to revamp it and try and find a good way to make it taste good. I have a feeling that they're going to add, um, a lot more coffee supplementation to the, um, to the uh, fitness industry. I think that a lot of companies are going to start adding in pre-workout supplements that are more green tea and coffee caffeine based because coffee is actually the number one supplement for athletes in the world. I think you're going to see a lot more of that. Hopefully it's going to be almond milk or oat milk or some kind of dairy-free creamer and they're not going to be using whey or cow or anything like that. Um, so protein coffee is also something that you're going to see on the rise within 2020. Two more things I'm pumped about prebiotics. And if you you probably think that I'm saying that wrong, but it's prebiotics, not probiotics. So probiotics are uh, <clears throat> the good bacteria that live in your gut that help uh, with your digestion. It helps your immune system. It keeps your hormones level. It's basically your overall, overall health. 90% of it is in your gut. So anything from your serotonin levels to your digestion. Um, a lot of people who have suffered from, I mean, a lot of people who have suffered from chronic depression or bipolar, honest to God, have, once they have, um, reconstructed their gut microbiome by adding in more, um, plant-based foods to their diet, eliminating a lot of essential omega-6 clogged 
uh, oils, uh, taking out processed meats, different things like that, taking out processed sugars, things that will just torture your gut microbiota. Those people have seen killer influences and benefits in chronic depression and headaches and migraines and chronic fatigue and constipation and bloating, everything like that. So basically what prebiotics are, it is, it's the food for the probiotics in your gut. So you have to be feeding these probiotics food, correct? To keep them happy, to keep them um, growing and satisfied. So some different foods that you can be eating to help with this are a lot of these things are things that you're probably already eating, but you want to maybe find them and prioritize them a little bit more. So they're going to enhance your digestion, your metabolism. Um, it'll help your body even process carbohydrates a little bit better. It will, um, you can find them in things like jicama. I talk about all the time. Jicama is just this, it's a little root vegetable, but it's super watery, super packed with fiber. Um, these insoluble fibers. So you're going to poop it all out, which is great for your immune system and your metabolism and your digestion. You're going to find it in things like chicory root, and you can find that a lot of the times on the back of um, the ingredients in a lot of different uh, packaged foods, like packaged organic foods. Uh, You can find them in dandelion greens, which are super bitter, but super great for you. Add them in with arugula. You could put them on top of like a really yummy pizza. You can find them in Jerusalem artichokes. You can find them in garlic, onions, asparagus, banana, flax, jicama, some types of oats. So making sure that you have high quality oats. Don't just like go find the, um, Folgers, not Folgers. What is the brand? The Aunt Jemima, whatever kind of oats, whatever. Um, the really popular brand of oats. Don't just go out and buy those because they're usually packed with sugar. You want to go find maybe a Red Mills brand of oats, rolled, organic, gluten-free, uh, find them wherever you can, add some flax to it, um, add some banana to it. That's a really great way to feed your gut microbiome. Some of those prebiotics, you can also, I mean, you can always find a probiotic to take again. I don't have any brands to give you guys right now, but Um, you can always find a good probiotic to take, but make sure that you're feeding the probiotics that you're giving your body with prebiotics. Those are just a couple of different types that you can be, um, that you could be adding into your diet. So again, Jerusalem artichoke, inulin, chicory root, dandelion greens, garlic, onion, asparagus, flaxseed, jicama, and oats. And if you're like, why would I just eat jicama? It's just this watery little white root with no flavor. It's great with hummus. It's great with guac. It also is great if you want to do it with like a fruit mixture. I think jicama can adopt really beautiful flavors. So if you want to do like a strawberry, pomegranate seed, blueberry, um, maybe watermelon, mango salad. Holy shit. That sounds good. I think y'all should all try that do that in the morning on an empty stomach. Definitely. And then one other thing, the fifth top trend that I believe, and this is not based on research that I've done. This is just based on my own personal standing and what I have been drawn to for the past two or three years is the proper food combining. I'm telling y'all this is going to be the year that people actually get it. People are like, why am I bloated? I've, I've changed my diet. I'm plant-based. I'm blah, 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 blah. We're going to take this shit one step further and we're going to bring proper food combining into it and proper food combining. I've talked about on so many different podcasts, but I, I, I think it's crucial. And the reason I think it's crucial is because I think that it's going back to simplicity. I think that we overthink and we over pollute our meals with all of these different things and we just don't need to. We we need to just get back to the basics and and use your brain. So 
if you think that, I mean, we've all been brainwashed to think meat and potatoes, meat and potatoes, meat and potatoes. That's something like a protein starch, protein carb, protein carb. And I get it. Protein, carbs, and fats are all really, really important macronutrients. However, if we are combining them in ways that are going to be shitty for our stomach to digest, then we're going to start to throw off the pH balance in our body because our body needs a different type of environment to digest different types of foods. So your body needs a more alkaline environment to digest things like starches. And then it needs something more acidic to digest things like animal proteins like chicken or steak. We all know how I feel about chicken. So do yourself a favor. Go back and listen to some of my podcasts on proper food combining. I'll look them up and try and put them in the show notes if I remember. I will really try. But proper food combining, just my top three tips for this, if you want to slowly start to integrate them into your day-to-day lives. These are things that I follow Bible. Um, So don't drink water with your meals. Try and separate it out before your meals. Have some room temperature or warm water. And then wait about 20 minutes after your meal to have any type of liquid. What it's going to do is make sure that your digestive enzymes in your mouth, all the way down your throat, all the way to your stomach, they're going to stay hot, fiery. They're not going to be flushed out by water. You want to keep all of those digestive enzymes right there in your body to help digest food properly so that it breaks down more efficiently and you get more out of your food. So... Um, if you think of it like this, uh, my sister actually gave me this analogy and I love it. Thanks, Alexa. It's digestive enzymes in your body and in your mouth. It's basically like having an extra little mouth to chew your food for you. The better you chew your food, the better your body is going to be able to absorb it, the better you're going to feel, the less bloat, the less discomfort, which is overall what we want, right? And the less stress your body is going to be put under from that discomfort and which leads to longevity, which leads to better sleep, which leads to better sex, which leads to better skin, which leads to better skin, hair, nails. Wow, we are living. So um, make sure that you're not drinking water with your meals and make sure that you're just separating it by like 15 or 20 minutes, room temperature water all the time. Then we're also going to the second rule for proper food combining is combining um, leafy greens can go with anything, but you want to avoid having a starch and a protein together. So if you're doing chicken and rice, so try and separate those, try and have your chicken earlier on in the day or later on in the night, you want to be having your chicken with things like greens. And then you want to be having your rice with things like greens and avocado, greens and fat, greens and beans, essential amino acids all put together. So if you're doing a plant-based diet and you have quinoa, then do your quinoa with like maybe some black beans. I'm kind of on the fence about, about all that just because it's proper. It's pairing essential amino acids, whatever, we're not going to get too into that. But if you're going to do rice, do it with a ton of vegetables. Do it with some seeds, um, maybe some nuts, not really. But do it, if you're going to do a quinoa bowl, lots of greens, lots of avocado so that your body can use that same environment uh, to digest those foods. But if you're throwing chicken into the mix, it's like, well, I have to do one thing to, you know, digest this rice and this avocado and these greens, but now you need me to be something else so that I can digest this chicken. And then there's all this dissonance in your body and it doesn't know where it needs to be. It doesn't know how it needs to feel, what acids it needs to be producing to digest all of those things. Make sure you're giving your body a break by just simplifying your meals. Uh, One of my favorite ways to do this is doing like salmon over greens over like mashed cauliflower. And then another way of doing this would be to have a huge bowl with, you would layer it with a ton of greens, maybe some cauliflower, and then you would do a shit ton of quinoa or brown rice, 
uh, or sweet potato, something like that for your carbohydrate. And then a bunch of greens like broccolini, asparagus. I love bok choy. That's a really great watery uh, root vegetable that you could try and out, especially over the winter. Bok choy is great. Um, And then if you want to do some type of fat, then you could do avocado toast. And I've said that before, avocado toast, throw some hemp seeds on there, a little bit of lemon, maybe some everything but the bagel seasoning. I'm still a fan of avocado toast. I don't think that trend is going anywhere. And if it does, I will not be following. I will keep that around until the day I die. I don't care how much fat I'm absorbing. I'm never getting rid of avocado toast and y'all can fuck off. Okay. So I used to do this all the time and I'll just really recap at the end of the episode, but I used to do this all the time in my episodes and I think y'all really liked it and I've had some requests to do it again, which is cool. So one thing that I used to do is I would give away a measurable takeaway at the end of every podcast and I would give you guys one recommendation and then kind of one thought to have throughout the week. So one recommendation, actually I'm going to give you two. I just thought of this one. So my first recommendation is just to have start your day with 32, 24 to 32 ounces of room temperature water, have it sitting out the night before one pinch of pink Himalayan sea salt. I'm going to ride that shit until I die. I'm never stopping. Um, unless I'm told by a doctor, but it'll alkalize your body. Add in some uh, lemon to it, especially with the new year coming up. Everyone had been drinking. Everyone still needs to have that detox. And I know that everyone says like lemon water for detox. It's, it's really, truly a great way to alkalize your body. Um, the pH balance of a lemon is three pH balance of water is seven. So it's going to really balance out in your body and it's going to help your pH levels get even, which is going to help your gut. It'll help your, um, all the flora in your body, all the flora and fauna, you know what I mean? So having your hot, hot water, or room temperature water with a squeeze of lemon, a little bit of pink Himalayan sea salt at the end is going to really start your day. I always tell people it is easier to slide down a wet water slide than a dry one. And that has to do with poop digestion and conference calls. So if you're watering yourself like a flower with this high quality H2O in the morning, then you're going to be set up for success, especially with your poops throughout the rest of the day. And then I heard, I heard something today that really stuck with me and I thought about it with just career transitions and career opportunities, different things that I've been presented with that I've been, have been like clogging up my mind lately. I heard this today and it said, change doesn't always come from new scenes, but change will come from fresh eyes. So you don't always have to run from your current situation for it to change. A lot of people say, no, fresh start, fresh start, you know, start over something new. But I'm not really a huge fan of that. I I think that, of course, there are situations that people need to remove themselves from, just from a healthful perspective, from a relationship perspective. Um, If you're one of those people that thinks that you give up easily, think about this. Change doesn't always come from new scenery. Change will come from fresh eyes. So your perspective, your subconscious, the story that you're telling yourself, the identity that you think you have, that is going to be the perception that you have of each situation that you're in. It is how you write your book of life. It is how you're going to write your next chapter. It is how you wake up in the morning. So think about that. Take it with you. Change doesn't always come from new scenery. Change will come from fresh eyes. And I thought that was really beautiful. So change your perspective before you change your situation. If things push comes to shove at the end of the day, if you need to leave that situation, then you know you did everything that you could, right? Um, 
And I was actually thinking about, actually, we're not going to really talk about this. I was thinking about dating apps and maybe we'll get into this on a different episode, but dating apps, I just feel like I've downloaded them before and then I immediately deleted them. I just feel like if, I don't know. I just think it's too easy. I think it's dating apps are a little too easy. Um, I think that I like seeing people get vulnerable and talk to people in public. I have a feeling that I'm going to meet my husband either at the gym or at a farmer's market. I just do. Cause I feel like so many people will come up and talk to you at a bar with a drink in their hand. But I'm like, if I removed that drink, it would basically just take away the penis from your ball sack and you would be so nervous. So I want to see someone with penis attached to the ball sack at the farmer's market, no drink in hand. Let's see it. Ooh, maybe that was too aggressive to end with. Should have started with that scare some of you guys away. Anyways, top 2020 health trends, sleep support, moringa powder, protein coffee, prebiotics, and proper food combining. So that's my episode 67. I'm pretty happy with it. I'm into it. If you guys are more interested in the book that I was talking about, Joe Dispenza, Becoming Supernatural, let me know. I'll send you guys a link to it. It's really great. Um, This guy's, I think, changed my life, still changing it. Hope this all recorded it because it doesn't look like this was recording. And if it is, God, I hope it is. Either way, I hope you guys have an amazing day. Be on the lookout for episode 60.